Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily Podcast from uh, the World Cup. We're back in Moscow now just for the day. Then we head off to Kaliningrad a little bit later on. But had some good guests today, Andy, didn't we? We did. Uh, first of all, though, we uh, caught up with uh, how we got here and uh, our latest a very romantic liaison between two TalkSport employees, which is quite exciting. Yeah. And, uh, yes, Tancredi Palmieri popped in to see us. What a force of nature he is. Mar- Marvellous. Yeah, the Italian uh, journalist working for Being Sports out here. We had a chat with him. Uh, then we went to uh, the FIFA exhibition well, the other day, but we did a little feature on that. You'll hear that. Uh, Tinsel on top form today. He's marvellous. Steve Freeth, of course, with his TV formats. Moose, well, we sent him to an art exhibition. He's such a heathen, but you'll hear yeah. that. He didn't particularly enjoy it. No surprise there. And Ivan. Uh, Ivan Kalishnikov. Yeah. Uh, really is his name. Kalashnikov. What did I call him? Kalishnikov. What is his name? Kalashnikov. <laughs> there you go. That's, That's what the guns are. I don't know who Kalishnikov is. <laughs> You're thinking of Barishnikov, whoever he is. It's just ballet dancer. Exactly. Uh, anyway, Kalashnikov, <laughs> after the rifle, but no relation, as you'll discover. Four minutes past ten with you, four minutes past midday here in Moscow. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Before Paul. we kick off, a bit of housekeeping. A couple of people asked me about the music at oh, the yes, top of the show. On, it's The original song is a song which you may... If you watch the old Michael Palin around the world shows, you had to learn a song and sing it with a Russian naval... naval Choir yeah, once. Yeah, yeah. It's called Polish Kapolie, and it's a, I think it's, it's Field Oh My Field, which is rather fitting. Oh, yeah, okay. And that's a jazz version by I love it. Victor really... Feldman, who was a piano player oh, and a vibes yeah. player, Superb. who played with yeah. Steely Dan later on in life as nice. well. Nice. Yeah, there we are. So there you know, yeah. that's you a little ch- jazz version of that yeah, from an album it. made very, in very Russia. nice music. Yeah. Now, a bit of uh, bringing you up to date from where we were yesterday when we left Sochi. What a tremendous mix-up last night when we arrived at the Ibis Hotel. Mm. Uh, John and David, our producer and football editor, had to share a room. Oh, uh, yeah. But there was a mix-up over the booking. So the room booked was a two single beds, but it wasn't available. No. So the bad news was they had to share a double bed. The good news is they're now engaged. It's great. It's, it's so good. It's the first talk sport wedding. Congratulations, boys. And um, one of you surely must have used <laughs> yeah. line, uh, that wasn't a pillow. Yeah. Surely. <laughs> it's too tempting, isn't it? Isn't it, really? Taking you back to 
John Candy, etc. Uh, before that was one more white knuckle ride with our fixer, yeah. Nikolai, or, uh, Lewis Warnock, as we call him. He looks like Neil Warnock. He drives like Lewis Hamilton, so we call him Lewis Warnock. Lewis Warnock, yeah. I'm proposing a, a new theme park based on his driving Warnock World. There's the U-Turn Helter Skelter, the Wrong Lane Lottery. I love yeah. it. Oh, some of it was so bad, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we got on the plane, and John, John is a bit of a nervous flyer. So it didn't help. Our producer, yeah. Yes, it, yeah. it didn't help that our steward's name tag told us that his name was Fail. Yeah, not. I hope his first name wasn't Engine or Eb. <laughs> yeah. It could have been Engin. It could have been Turkey. Yeah, Engin. It could have been Engin Fail. Engin Fail. That wouldn't have been good for a steward, would it? Oh, that would have been a disaster. We tried well, to not a disaster, obviously. Well, we Last thing you want. <laughs> no, we tried to reassure him that it couldn't be worse than driving the, to the airport with Lewis. No, no, but, that's uh, right. It was one of those flights where you sit at the back, and sometimes on a plane, you're not aware you're even moving. But it was turbulence all the way, and. I could feel every one of those 500 miles an hour we were going. Yeah. You really felt like you were on a theme park ride for two hours, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And, and just at that moment, you asked for hot coffee and the thing started going sideways. Always a joy. As we came into land, the stewardess announced, the captain will now turn on the fasten the seatbelt sign. Mm. And John said, when's he ever turned the expletive thing off? <laughs> That's true, yeah. And then John got held up in security with the sort of big equipment case that we have yeah. here. But David, who's so desperate to watch football and he knew the match had started. He's the football editor. I know, but he was prepared to leave him. He just dumped just, him. Yeah, just, yeah. I said, what about John? He said, oh, never mind. He'll, he'll find us. Leave me. It's, you go on. It's too late for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's what John said. Yeah. And then there was a very interesting moment then queuing to get on the plane. This mm. tall, this big long queue and this tall Russian woman. Now, this, uh, this, this is quite fundamental to our, our relationship, Andy, and the sort of people we are. There, there was a woman and... Uh, <laughs> She kind of pushed her way. Yeah, she eased her way to the front pushed. of the line. And Andy said, look at that. You know, they're not the greatest cures in the world. And I said, well, look, you know, I, I, I think she's business class. That's why she's kind of eased it in a fairly elegant way. She's not just barged in. Yeah. And you said, you always see the best in people, don't you? And I said, well, I do. He said, I don't. I see the worst in people. I said, okay, well, if she's in business, you've got to take on my worldview. And if she's in economy with us, uh, I've got to take on you. I've got to be cynical yeah. and, and yeah. see the worst. In. And Andy, and we got on the plane. Where was she sitting, mate? Damn, she was in business. <laughs> see, so there we are. Try and see the best in people, Andy. You'll be a lot happier for it. And uh, the drive back from Moscow Airport was also pretty hairy. I think it was Lewis Warnock's brother. Yeah. And he got in his minivan, and he opens the back to put all our suitcases. It's just full of stuff. Yeah. That's been a recurring thing. Every time we have got in a cab, um, there's been at least two baby seats in the boot. Now, this bloke's got a people carrier, and we've asked for it specifically because we've got a load of equipment and the kit to do the show. And he had about three baby seats in there. We're going to get one with quads next, aren't we? The only cab driver with quads in Moscow. It was ridiculous. But the, the first time we went, the, our, our head of football, David, had the old baby seat on his lap. We were so desperate to get to the airport. He sat there with it on his lap for I the know. whole trip. He's mad. But um, now my wife, if she's listening, will love this. She's a lover of coincidences, my Oh, wife. yeah. And this was pretty spooky, and I swear to goodness that this happened. Yeah. And Paul and I were making our, our own way to the venue this morning, uh, quite a diff distance from John, who was another part of the city coming from it. Anyway, we get on the tube and we're standing there waiting for the tube to come, the metro. The doors open and I swear to God, there's John there standing there. Same carriage. Same carriage. What are the chances? We'll ask Steve Freeth later on from Best 365. So I mean, of all, of all the tubes in all the town. Yeah. You know, all that. And then we get on the escalator. Yeah. It's about a minute later and a guy stops. He goes, you're famous. 
you're famous radio presenters. Oh, I thought, well, not really. We know Gemma Collins. And yeah. uh, he, he said, he said, no, no, I came on your show. I'm from Mongolia. I, yeah. I play for Ulaanbaatar. It was him that he made did. It. He came in with Paul Watson. Yeah, just a chance. That's the second coincidence today. We need a third, don't we? Well, we do really. But does it uh, work like that coincidence? Well, they're supposed it? No, to. No, I don't. They don't. The producers, incredible. they don't. No, it's bad luck. That and is, this yeah. is our last show in Moscow today. So we yeah. thought we'd treat ourselves to. We've got a couple of hours. We thought we'd treat oh, ourselves yeah. to a lovely we walked past, when we were in December we walked past this uh, restaurant called Semi Freddo it's an Italian yeah. restaurant Same and by we thought, Freddo Truman the it, Italian fast yeah, bowler yeah he opened it yeah it does look very nice and so we had a look at the menu just now <laughs> and uh, basically it was 25 quid for a bowl of ravioli <laughs> 24, so I'm, 24 to be fair oh okay that's alright then <laughs> we'll probably get about four bits so I said to Andy no come on that's ridiculous you know, we're on a budget for goodness sake I hope the accounts department are listening we're not taking the mickey folks yeah. but um, yeah, we're on a budget here. So, um, but I was thinking that semi Freddo. What the price is in Freddo like? <laughs> I would take it semi's a little bit cheaper. I but was, we're not going I, there. Well, I was prepared, but you know what can I do? And uh, and the funny, if we were talking food, we were talking holidays. Uh, yeah. About after the World Cup, because it's you know I know you don't know sympathy for us listeners, but it is it is quite grueling. So oh, a lot yeah. of the people, yeah, the violins, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot yeah, of yeah, you've had two and a half weeks at the World Cup, travelling around watching matches. Yeah, we really feel sorry. Don't, don't even attempt. Do not even attempt that, Andy. And uh, so uh, I, David, our football editor, is going on holiday. I, said, I recommended Italy to him. I said it's almost impossible to get a bad meal in Italy, as opposed to here, where it's almost impossible to get a good one. But yeah. never mind. He's going to go there and think they're the best drivers in the world by comparison, <laughs> it's and true. he's still going down to southern Italy where that is a cool imagine imagine our, our fixer heading down there he'd teach them how to drive badly yeah they think oh they'll be doffing their cap to him probably as they're driving won't works, they? works for yeah. me update on uh, John's headphones who may have he's, he's abandoned them now he's now using a handheld mic he wanders around the pub with it like a crooner where you're from handing roses to the lady <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast yes we're live from Moscow we uh Head off to Kaliningrad ahead of England versus mm. Belgium. We'll bring you two shows from Kaliningrad on Thursday and Friday. Earlier uh, this morning at breakfast, uh, our football editor Dave Walker gave me a copy of the Moscow Times. And you have a English language, English taken. language newspaper here. And amazingly, there's a letter in the readers section from Marie Gosnovich. Oh, is that right? It's incredible. So just like the sun. <laughs> just like the sun. I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. Now, something I've been thinking about for a couple of days now, and uh, you know, I'm at that time of life when you think about things. And I worked it out. This this could be my last World Cup. I don't mean on Earth, but I mean. As a, as a broadcaster, yeah. I mean, by 2022, I will turn 70 during that tournament. Wow, that is, you know, that's a long, you know, that's yeah. pretty old. So I've decided what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a, a Parry and Graham. I've, I've noticed that Mike Parry and, and Mike Graham, what they do, they charge people 35 quid to come. Is it that much? It, it is. I'll check your facts. No, it's 30. It's th- apparently I've been told. Yeah. I, I stand corrected if it's not right. 30 if you book in advance. Oh yeah. 35 pounds if not. Yeah, you're going to go on the road. I do a road road show. No, yes, and well, you can come around and watch football around my house. Really? But actually, <laughs> what for 35 quid? 35 quid. Well, no. Uh, Liam Fisher, our, our controller, I was telling you about this this morning. Yeah. He said. He's got a much better idea. He said you should undercut them with the H&J experience, £29.99. <laughs> 
<laughs> special guest, Jonathan Beals. People don't want the H&J experience. You know, we're, it's only because we're jealous of the two mics. And it, it, well, you've got to hand it to their agent. We've met him, Pooch. He's, he's, an, very, he's very good. Amazing bloke. But, he's very but good. apparently, he's just been replaced by Potch, who's left Tottenham to manage the two mics. Really? Because there's uh, more money in it, by the sound <laughs> of it. I think you could hey, well be right. Betty, very happy with it, Mike yeah. Graham. Not so very, very happy with, with Paddy. I'm sure it's worth every penny. Yeah, of course um, Now, <laughs> yeah. uh, got anything else for us? Well, I could have, but, uh, you know, I've got to have something for tomorrow. Oh, yes, we saw an advert on the TV for the Russian lottery. Yes. So we all thought, oh, have a go at that. You know, it would be great, wouldn't it? Win 100,000 rubles. I got very excited. So we worked out it's about 11 grand. <laughs> so perhaps well, it's not, still a sizable amount well, of money. Well, it is, but, you know, it's not, not life-changing. Still, it could be you. Yes, That's the way I look be. at it. You know. Well, not you necessarily, but no. there we go. A strange sight when we got off the plane yeah. the other day. Uh, you know how your ears go when you're you, when you're sort of flying high. And yeah. you, you, they start popping, don't yeah, they? And then course. you get off there and they're all blocked. And you sort of the, the I think the medical way is to swallow, you know, swallow quite hard and hopefully they'll clear. Well, uh, you should uh, say hold your nose. And hold your nose. There's yeah, various, yeah, yeah. various yeah. old wives' tales of ways yeah, to yeah, do yeah. it. But the bloke in front of us had a very novel way with his girlfriend. He was kind of flat. Handing around the head like Mick McManus. He was doing what? Flat handing. Are you like Mick? He was McGuff. flat handing his <laughs> <Yeah>. girlfriend. <laughs> I missed all of this. You, you saw it, John, didn't you? It was, it was basically he wasn't being. Well, he was sort of smacking her on the well, side of the head. To, he was trying to sort of get her to, you know, to get her ears to sort of clear. No way. But it, you know, it did remind me of the great uh, wrestler from those days. That's, Mick, that's Mick, what he was doing. The flat. It wasn't a punch. It was the flat of the hand <laughs> or the blind side <laughs> of the referee. Was, yeah, no question was, about yeah, it. Yeah. So, so there you go. Anything else? Oh, for goodness' sake! Well, he, he insists. He always tells. Us, so I haven't got enough time to give you everything I've got. If you haven't got it, well, you haven't if you want got to go, it. we're getting really down to the dregs now. Some of my lines in my notes are just mad when I look back at them. One of them was overcast and sweaty. I said, "What said, a double act they were!" <laughs> That's yeah. it, basically. You said they were Mexican detectives. I've no idea why. I think they. they I just wrote it were. down, but there we go. I will well, tell you what. Yes. Um, let's. We're going to have a chat with. Um, I said we, we said we we're going to bring you an outsider's take on this time. We're going to hold him over uh, the travel, and he's. Uh, we'll have a bit having a chat with him. Uh, in a bit more detail. But uh, the great thing about this World Cup, of course, is you're, you're speaking to a lot of journalists and oh, yeah. fans of uh, cl- um, teams that are at this tournament. So it's so nice. Yeah. It's so nice. <laughs> it's so nice to get an outsider's view. I like an outsider's Someone who has, view, no, yeah. has no skin in the game. Someone who has no interest whatsoever in this World Cup. <laughs> sorry, Harsh. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Tank. Tancredi Palmieri, a friend of the show. Tell you, me three minutes just went on a downhill because I entered the pub and there was uh, the big smile and uh, a blonde head of uh, a Kate Partridge that is from uh, Russian yeah. Times in the same pub on the other side. And for one moment he said, oh, the lads have really changed. They uh, <laughs> yeah. really shaped yeah, here in Russia. Bit of glamour. Yeah, with the clever, I got deluded, and now you tell me, oh, someone that has nothing to do <laughs> with. I could tell you, oh, someone that has nothing to do with winning the World Cup. Oh, no. I did ask for that. You asked for that. So I've been following. Obviously, we follow you on Twitter. We see you've been having. You've been enjoying the tournament. I said earlier on, enjoying it maybe in spite of uh, Italy not being here, but maybe because they're not. You're kind of viewing it from a different. Angle, I would think. Don't even try that. that, is, uh, that <laughs> is I'm trying like, to be positive. That yeah. is like saying uh, that someone, uh, whoever, man or woman, uh, could uh, say, oh, you know what? I enjoy watching others having sex and not having sex. <laughs> he like that. No, he's never like that. But well, I believe there is a market for that. We won't go down that, we won't go down that route now. I can tell you. Uh, it's like I, I love World Cup. Mm. I love football. So I have to do this. 
I have to. But also, because if I would be in Italy, it would be Wolves. To give you a comparison, this is not going on any sex comparison. Thank it's God like for that. If, <laughs> if any of you has watched or has memory of Top Gun, is when uh, Goose is dying in his uh, flying, and yeah. there is McGrath, that is the wife of Goose, saying to Tom Cruise, to Maverick, he would have flied anyway, even without you, because Tom Cruise is blaming himself. Yeah. He would have flied anyway, even without Spoiler you. Spoiler alert, if you haven't he would seen have, it, He way. wouldn't have enjoyed <laughs> well, someone has said, <laughs> He wouldn't have enjoyed flying it, but he would have done it. So I, I, I have to do this. It's like I have to do it even more. Sure. It's like you are not inviting me at the party. I'm going to crash into your damn party. <laughs> let, me, let me stop you there, because we're going to take a little break. We we'll come right back. Yes. More from Tancredi. We're going to get his views on the World Cup so far. And... Uh, what he thinks Italy would have done had they been here, because a lot of the big guns have not really shown up yet. They're starting to, but not yet. Tancredi Palmieri joins us uh, very, very shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We are chatting to Tancredi Palmieri, the Italian football journalist working for being sports over here at the World Cup. So uh, tell us about your World Cup experience, Tank, the, the games you've taken in, the cities you've travelled to. OK, the game, let's see if I can break it down very quickly. Russia, Saudi Arabia in Moscow, uh, Portugal, Spain in Sochi, Belgium, Panama in Sochi, Uruguay. Uruguay, Saudi Arabia in uh, Rostov, uh, uh, Brazil, Costa Rica in St. Petersburg, <laughs> and uh, Argentina, Nigeria in St. Petersburg yesterday night. The parties I've attended, countless. Yes. I can <laughs> you said the Panamanians know how to party. I can tell you. The Panamanians, they were here like 18 years old being released for the first time to go out on prom night but that actually end up to be a wild party somewhere else so they were having the time of their life they couldn't care less about losing they brought the caribbean spirit and it was perfect because it wasn't uh, planned but their first game was in sochi now you've been to sochi sochi in my opinion is the link to brazil 2014 the only russian city where the fun fest is on a beach actually yeah. the stadium is on a beach when i arrived i remember i arrived for portugal spain and i arrived in the afternoon just left the luggage and went straight to the stadium because i had a live outside the stadium before the game so i arrived there and my surprise to see girls in bikini strolling around the stadium saying are they going like this to the stadium <laughs> and it was like no they were just on the beach and they say oh let's see what is happening at the world cup if you think about that it's like putting a stadium on uh, um on the pier in brighton at the yeah. palace pier <laughs> in brighton you know it, it just doesn't happen like that yeah. <laughs> you have it in uh, in wembley it's just far far away yeah. at the feet of christ as we say in uh, italy and so for them i think it was a bit of a surprise because they said, wow, this could be like, like us. And obviously the Russians that were there were like overwhelmed by that. All the different bars had prepared Panama parties, so the nights were fantastic. Mm. But that I have to say about the nights. But if I have to talk about the overall party, I like that we are going very technical about in this World Cup <laughs> chat. The Argentinians, guys, and maybe with this we can link to yesterday night, the Argentinians are just something else, are just something different. There is this uh, breath of believing, this breath of, of backing your team, something that is... Uh, Transcendental. It's not of these. It's yeah. like yeah. Uh, it's what I tell you. you Andy it? says that. I mean, you said you, you tell that was an amazing story. You said you mm -hmm. you went to a game, watch a Boca game, 
and the fans were singing. And as soon as the game finished, they started singing again, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And we, we were, at, I was lucky to be, I don't normally do this, but with a bit of hospitality and we lingered a bit after the game and we left the stadium and they were still singing on mass. I said to my friend, why are they, what are they singing? Why are they still singing? He said, they're singing about the next game. They're singing about the next team they're playing. I went, that's crazy. <laughs> 72 hours in the last uh, three days in St. Petersburg, they have not stopped a moment uh, to sing. And they have already this song uh, that is a new one because they have a, always a new song every mm, two or three yeah, days yeah. that everybody knows. I mean, I understand they have a new song, but how can everybody know that song? <laughs> <laughs> and they have this new song that is like you hear it all the time. It's like a chant from Muezzin in uh, a, a Muslim town where you f where you hear it from mosque to mosque that is bouncing, no? And it's going it was just going right. well, through every street in San Petersburg. Was vamos Argentina and. Then I, think, I think it must be the one my friend Pablo sent me yes, this morning. Yes, yeah, that's he right. Sent me yeah, a really odd thing. He's singing. He doesn't normally sing to me. Yeah. I mean, what no, on earth is this? It has been invented for this World Cup. If you really want to hear a song, it's Vamos Argentina, sabes que yo te quiero. Hoy hay que ganar. Yeah, that's Maradona. And then they just start again and yeah. again. It's <laughs> unbelievable. And yesterday, when they think that they couldn't make it, I have to tell you, it was in St. Petersburg. And there were the demons of St. Petersburg, of Dostoyevskian memory, just around wrapping the minds of Lionel Messi that was fighting for his belief yeah. against these demons, against his destiny. You could see that it wasn't a matter of talent, it wasn't a matter of football, it wasn't a matter of fate, for as much you could put fate in football. But when you saw all this crowd, that doesn't matter how much was failing and going down, Argentina, and that was like singing endlessly the, the, the stadium in uh, St. Petersburg looks like a space shuttle ship and it looked like they were lifting the space shuttle ship when <laughs> 10 minutes to go Marcos Rocco the man from nowhere Rocco who is Marcos Rocco he was pointed out by Destiny and saying you are the one who is going to break the spell you are the one who is fighting the demons of Dostoyevsky yeah. memory it was like I couldn't keep the tears at the final whistle I couldn't keep the tears <laughs> you are funny very, see, very poetic uh, so looking at the world as we said, a couple of the big sides have struggled so far. I mean, how do you think Italy would have fared? You must have been looking at it through Italian eyes at times this tournament so far. Uh, you know, everybody of my fellow countrymates in Italy are speaking about that. And I'm hating that because for me, I, I, I don't think there is nobody not a football player that has suffered more than me about the elimination of Italy. Mm. Guys, I, I think we, you remember, yeah, I, do, I yeah, told yeah. you, I yeah. slept in the street the, the night coming mm. back from San Siro. I just couldn't feel comfortable mm. to yeah, stay yeah. home. And, but still, when something is done, I don't want to look back. I don't want to say, what if, what if, what if nothing? We have lost. You can say Sweden has not the same quality. You can say, oh, look at Saudi Arabia, those counties. We knew that. We knew that since the beginning. Nobody has tricked us. We had to blame only ourselves. I believe that Italy, yeah, would have reached possibly around the 16, but there was one thing that missed in Italy, and it, in Italy's game, was the pace. And I have to tell you, for how much um, unordered, indisciplined is this World Cup, I see very lot of uh, lack of balance, a lot of lack of balance. The midfield is always overtaken by the action. You don't see really uh, ordered midfield able to keep composure. England has done that, Belgium has done that, very few others, Brazil hasn't. Croatia, Modric is that. Sort of wow, mamma mia, yeah, mamma yeah, mia, yeah. Modric is one of a kind. 
but Italy was missing that pace. So to be honest, even if we are way better than others, but I don't know if we could have kept the pace. So we have to shift in that way. But as I said, that is a, I don't want to be the, the widow in the World Cup. I'm here for the World <laughs> Cup. We're, Italy's we're running out of time. I want you to tell us about the Sochi to Rostov train journey that you took. Yes, indeed, guys. 12 hours. Uh, journey was the only way to cover on time a Uruguay game from Sochi and I was a bit of uh, what should I have to expect from this because they don't have seats on the on the train they only have these beds they call it coupe when you can close the door and mm -hmm. not coupe when the door has to keep open mm -hmm. four or six uh, um, bed for each i didn't know what to expect everything can happen you can happen like oh look i'm in a wagon they are all just girls no they were all families but it was this <laughs> i felt like a hero oh, i'm doing a 12 hour thing uh, uh, well that was with me a family one father and two kids very nice and they were doing uh, the trip from sochi to st petersburg 40 four hours wow. and I felt either and look the kids that were all uh, all happy and I say shut up thank credit don't take <laughs> but the thing is that I love that I started at the beginning I don't know didn't know what to expect I start to dig gently but the little story that were coming out well I it came out I discovered that Russian railways decided two or three years ago that every summer they would employ two uh, manage the train, like really manage, so not like being uh, um, staff, not only like being, uh, um, I don't know, internship, yeah. like managing the train, responsible, mm -hmm. only young people from 18 to 21. That's so it. you see that the heads of the train are only young people, mm -hmm. many young girls also, which mm -hmm. have the eye, but sorry by machism, but about <laughs> along 12 hours. Yeah. And it's, li it's like... Uh, it, it was fantastic. I was talking with the, with, with the guy. I say, what? At 18, you are managing a train? You are responsible for that? When I was 18, I was playing PlayStation. And he said, uh, we do play PlayStation. We have it here. We just play it in the long part of the journey. But and everybody's asleep. A fantastic moment was when, like, oh, one thing. They are more precise than Swiss trains, than mm. every train. Yeah, we noticed that. 12 yeah. hour journey, they were stopping at the exact minute every time. Yeah. And there were some technical stops that weren't in a train station, were just in the middle of fields, okay? But it was a planned technical stops. Don't know why, but it was a planned technical stops. When that was happening, there were some peasants from the fields that were coming, who with the bucket of berries whom with a bucket of uh, uh, salty fish, right. whom with a bucket uh, of uh, meatballs. They were standing there, outside the train, in the middle of fields, just selling to you cherries, whatever. You went wow. to the shopping. Brilliant. Everybody was going down and enjoying. Fantastic. Uh, tank, tank, we've run out of time. Brilliant, uh, mate. Brilliant as always. It's lovely, lovely to it's see lovely you. To see. We're so pleased you're enjoying the You are the not going Cup. back home, right? Well, Saturday. Well, Saturday. You are going back home earlier than your team. That has never happened <laughs> no, before. It's never <laughs> <happened>. <laughs> it certainly didn't happen in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> lovely to see you. I, I had to do it. I yeah, of course. Of course yeah. We, we accept we'll, it. we'll see you soon. Enjoy the rest yes, of the tour. My pleasure, guys. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Very good morning from uh, Moscow. It is uh, 18 minutes past 10 with you, and uh, we are live in the John Dunn pub, which is, hey, as we've told you before, a real Liverpool stronghold, a place where a lot of football is watched, but uh, this is where all the Moscow uh, Liverpool fans get together to watch all the big matches. Uh, joining us now uh, in the John Dunn is uh, Ivan Kalashnikov. He is a uh, Russian journalist and author who wrote a book in Russian on English football. Ivan, good afternoon. Well, uh, good hi. morning, should I say, yeah, to our sure. listeners. Um, so, uh, this love of English football, where does it come from? Well, uh, working for one of the most uh, popular um, Russian sports websites, Sports.ru, and then uh, they gave me an opportunity to, to go to London, live there, stay there for some time, and then I started covering English football and just got sucked into it. Yeah. So, I travelled to all the places where, um, well... British journalists never go like Hull and then other places, <laughs> Bury and yeah. yeah. So enjoyed it very much. So and so you told this kind of story. You told the Russian people of, of the, the kind of structure of English football, the way it works, and gave them an insight into it. Yeah, exactly. Game. Because well, even the people in Russia who follow English football, as you can see here in mm. this beautiful place, they know the basics, the history, but mostly about the greatest clubs sure. in England. But also they they fascinated with the non-league football because we don't have it here. We yeah. don't have an analog of non-league football. It doesn't go too deep. We only have three divisions, and this is it. And our, for example, our oldest club founded by British men mm. back in uh, 1909, it's struggling, and well, well, it, it has a long, long history. But people never um, kind of never had the chance to discover it yeah. because non-league football is not getting much coverage sure. in, no, in no. Russia. If you turn to your left there, this man here is a... He's a fan he, of non-league football. football. His team a were a league club, but sadly they have, have dropped through the divisions yeah. into a regional... You just see a little tear in his eye. Pothole, yes, they find them. But they'll be back. Torquay United, did you encounter them down in the west country of uh, England at all, Ivan? No, Torquay uh, United? No, I know uh, the place. It's it's, uh, it's in the southwest, no? Yeah. Okay. It's, so. the, so it's the Sochi. Well, no, yeah. uh. <laughs> it's the Sochi of, uh, of, uh. of England. Yeah, it's better. Be better. Yeah, I thought you said Sochi was better. You were going to buy an apartment there. Yeah. And, and live uh, there, say yellow and blue, no? Yellow. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, look at that. Yeah, that's that's that good. great no, knowledge. knowledge. Actually, yeah. that's the region I've been the less to. Right. Th this mm. the region, but yeah. Uh, still, uh, yeah. Russian people love to read about non-league football. Mm. Not only the big stories like United of Manchester or something like this, but also they they like to discover everything. Like I've been to every league from the 11th tier mm -hmm. and up to the Premier League. Wow. At least once, I mean, at least once. If you so send Ivan your podcast everywhere, he can translate it into Russian. You can have a you Russian make a fortune, obsession. <laughs> I just Incredible. like the, pe the people in the bar at Staley Bridge Celtic or whatever, and there's Ivan having a quiet pint after the match. you explaining what you're doing. They must find, when you spoke to non-league fans and they saw you and found out you were from Russia and what you they must have been fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was really surprising for them. But then they came back to me 
me with lots of stories and mm. I said, okay, this is why I want to write about this. This yeah. is why people follow you. Or the stories like about, you know, forest green rovers when yeah. they just started mm. with their sure. like vegan energy saving owner. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, one of the first people who went there and tried the vegetarian burger. Right. And I, this, <laughs> on this day, I was the only one, actually. That's really? So there was a uh, chalkboard yeah. where they marked how many chips they sold or how many... <laughs> it was a veggie burger and it was like nothing. And I was the first one to, Good. to put that mark. Good. Yeah. Sensational. Yeah, just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Because, be you know, we know that the English league system, you'll be aware, is a pyramid, isn't yeah. it? And, and it's an incredible thing. 92 professional clubs, as you say, structures right there. And, of course, feeding all the way down into Sunday league football. Mm -hmm. it's, it is an amazing thing, which you obviously have picked up on. Do you have a, a sort of Premier League team you like as well? Uh, I, I was never a fan of a certain team. Mm -hmm. I always uh, switch allegiance in the, at the halftime, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. support the team <laughs> that's losing, so always root for the underdog. Okay. But I lived in Hammersmith, which is not far from Fulham, so I usually walked down mm. the Thames to Fulham ground, and Craven Cottage is the stadium I love the most. Oh, it's a lovely ground. It's yeah, a lovely yeah, walk yeah. as well to yeah, the ground, absolutely. When absolutely. the players come out of that cottage, it's yeah, incredible, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, Have you so ever considered translate, getting it translated into English um, to, so English fans could get a, your perspective on English football? That would be quite well, interesting. I think they know like the 80% of it already. Mm. I mean, for Russian people, it, yeah. it was a revelation yeah. in some, sure. some sorts. But English people, well, m probably, I don't know if English people still care about what Russian people yeah. think about <laughs> Well, them. I think that may yeah. change after this so. World Cup. I think it's been a real eye-opener. It's very I, noticeable I that a number do. of people are looking to come out here now that were scared off by a few of the stories that we read. And But the actual experience for people here has, has been very good. I mean, if you must be delighted that, that, that these are the sort of things that are being said about your country and the way they're hosting this tournament. Yeah, I do, because I, I, I always uh, um, I too, too often felt like on the fence because... At one time, um, uh, at one hand, I understand what, what British people are concerned with. Mm -hmm. And living in Britain, I uh, understand that some part of football culture you are used to is probably going to be very much different in Russia and sometimes more aggressive, yeah. more hostile or something like this. At the same time, I'm Russian. I well understand that Russian people, um, I, I knew that they will be uh, very welcoming during mm. the World Cup and the behavior of the away fans, what we see in Marseille and stuff and during the, some European games will be completely different from the behavior here at yeah. home. But it's hard to explain unless you experience it, sure. right? It is. But English fans, they do sometimes behave the same. They behave away probably worse than they behave at home. Yes. I mean, oh, of course, that's undeniable. But I think what's nice and what's come out is whatever the politicians have said, the people of both countries have got together and have found each other great company, great yeah. welcoming, and it's been absolutely fantastic. What about the football? You must be loving that too. There's been some quality football in this World Cup. Yeah, surprisingly. I mean, I, I even, you know, regret a little bit that I'm covering the tournament because mm. when you're covering the tournament, you're missing uh, like the 100% of fun because you have to figure out what sure. to write about, sure. start making notes. But then, uh, well, I've been to, for example, to free games... Um, in a row, Argentina, Croatia, then England, Panama, then, oh, before that was Belgium, Tunisia. Yeah. So, uh, lots of goals, lots of action, a lot of narrative as well. Mm. So, that was fun, but I was like busy, 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 and thinking about transportation. So, yeah, but 
the level of football and the level of drama is fantastic. Your last like name, that. your last name, Kalishnikov. I mean, it's a famous name. Are you anything to do with the dynasty, the gun dynasty? <laughs> no, I'm okay. not related. <laughs> okay. Thankfully, I think because <laughs> okay. uh, well, I feel a little bit uneasy about well, this being one of the famous things about Russia, basically the the gun making. Mm. Even though the the Kalashnikov, the original uh, person who invented it was a very nice person and never intended this to be, yeah. I don't know, weapon of mass destruction or yeah. something like this. Also, I usually get into the situation that I'm trying to explain people more about Russia um, and I'm, it's not all stereotypes. Yeah. But then my last name is Kalashnikov <laughs> and I can actually play Balalaika. Yeah. <laughs> so and your first name's Ivan or Ivan, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, also. also yeah. When I uh, wrote something for, for The Guardian back in 2012 as in a preview to Russia playing at the Euros and people in comment section were like couldn't Guardian came up with a better name it's too obvious that one of your editors wrote this and just put like by random Russian pseudonym yeah, yeah. on yeah, this yeah, fantastic. Um, so what about Russia's finally on the, the Russian team they've, they've done incredibly well to get through obviously that was a tough, a tough game against Uruguay the other day yeah. do you think can they get beyond the round of 16, or you think that would be that's Very still they've hard. still overachieved to have done that? You feel? Uh, I think uh, well, the expectations were quite low be before the tournament, mm. but right now I can say they achieved exactly what their potential is up to. Yeah, something like this. Yeah, the the performance against Saudi Arabia and Egypt was a little bit uh, unexpected. I mean, it was strong. It was uh, well, they, they got the result. Yeah. A lot of goals. But uh, judging by the, all the friendly games during those previous two years and sinking down in the FIFA rankings and mm -hmm. stuff like this, we didn't expect much. Sure. But then we realized that the team is playing against the um, exact opponent. They're getting ready for the exact opponent each time and work out the plan for the uh, exact game. Yeah. Not, not for whole of the tournament. We're not like Spain with their own style Just on a match following moment, yeah, yeah, following yeah. the style in every game. But but this is good. Sometimes you have to admit that okay, we are better in, you know, destroying the opposition mm. rather than imposing our style on them. Sure. So this worked fine in two games and we're happy with that. With the Uruguay I think there was a, also a plan um to how to I don't know, defeat Uruguay as well. But sure. Because of the individual mistakes, they cost us a lot. Absolutely. And it, it wasn't the first first team. Yeah. Some players were like uh, from yeah, that's yeah, right. He from reserves. Players. And uh, well, the coincidence is that the exact players who were meant to be in reserve, yeah. they did those mistakes. Sure. <laughs>
second direct hit, I think, for him in this tournament. Um, Tinsel joins us now. Hi, Tinsel. Yeah, well, he doesn't like Achilles either. He doesn't, no. He's just mentioned that there. Um, uh, Tom from Guildford's been in touch. He said, I just want to thank Tinsel. He wants to thank Tinsel the turkey. <laughs> well, I, I want to thank him. Tinsel the turkey, if you speak to him today. Of course <laughs> we're going to speak to him today. I stuck £10 on Messi to score first. Argentina 2-1 on his advice yesterday. And won £170. Wow, what do you think That's of that, fantastic. Tinsel? So, uh, please, Tinsel. No, look, you can't have a rake off, mate. Just do it. Just do it for the the, the good of it. So, um, I mean, you were in the stadium last night, and uh, what was the atmosphere like? Wow. Okay, we had a little bit of trouble with the Nigerian fans. They'd heard the show oh, and yeah. they'd heard the two-one really? after the game. What were they doing then? They were waving packets of sage yeah. and onion stuff in there. There's no <laughs> really? need for that, is there? And, no um, need for that. Was that true that Diego Maradona was making that rude sign at you, Tinsel? Those fingers. He's not happy. He's not. Anyway, uh, let's, let's have a look today at Switzerland versus Costa Rica. How do you see it? He likes them because they do bird-based hand signals, of course, some of the Swiss players. And he's going, he's going a very comfortable 2-0 uh, to the Swiss. Tinsel, uh, Tom from Guilford, now you know, 2-0 Switzerland, uh, he says. He can't give you a goal score, you know. He, that was, he just got lucky. Let's yeah, he honest. did, yeah. Tinsel, thanks. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. There we are. <laughs> People are putting money on Tinsel the Turkey's tips. It's a bit of an aggressive sign-off there from Tinsel, isn't it, really? I don't no, know. You, you, you can't understand what he yeah. says. They're, they're, I can't, but it's sounding quite angry. Quite, some languages do sound a bit aggressive. Yeah, I love the fact that Steve's always sharing top billing with the Tinsel the Turkey. Yeah. They're always on together. And, get, and getting less things right when it comes to tipping as well, which is slightly worrying. You should be looking over your shoulder. You're going to get replaced by a turkey, Steve. Yeah, well, I, I was thinking this yesterday. I did actually go to uh, work with a lad with a surname Tinsel. We were actually very good friends. Really? Back in the day. Me and, me, and, me, and, me and Dave Tinsel. About 20 years ago, yeah. I'm, I have no idea what he's doing now, but that's a good shout-out to him. But, uh, well, they're related. Anyway, he's related to him. I've never heard that nick. I've never heard that surname before. Tinsel surname Tinsel, yeah. yeah, yeah no nightmare at Christmas. There. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor fella. Now, Steve, we want, as you know, we want to make you a TV star. Coming up with... Um, Puntastic TV formats. We'll be honest. Over 18 days, it's starting to stretch us. <laughs> it's, it's wearing. It's wearing thin. In fact, comes... I, I've gone a different direction today. Have actually. you really? Yeah, I've gone with. You're not going Steve's, are you? Yeah, I'm going. I've Steve. gone Steve it out. Uh, Freethy joins Mickey Flanagan for some Cockney banter. Oh, that sounds good. I've gone yeah. still sticking with Freeth. I don't know if we've given you. It takes a Freeth to catch a Freeth. It's another one of these kind of family-based ones where uh, you do terrible things, but it's only other members of your family. That's a poor format. That's not going to get off the ground. <laughs> I've got uh, Hell's Freeth. Uh, Steve rides around on Harley Davidson's with his fellow angels. Really? Yeah, I've got one works. for NRA TV, um, uh, Arm to the Freeth, which, <laughs> which is your gun show, Steve. Uh, that, that's of particular interest. No, no, I'm saving not. the other two I've got left because I've got... Well, I'm, 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 I'll back myself I've and I'm going to give you... I, I, your... I, I, oh, go on. I have got one for the World Cup, the next World Cup. Yes. 2022. Of course, we're all talking about referees' decisions and stuff like that. I've got a couple of uh, recently retired international footballers with me and an ex-referee so it's Cruise Company Freeth and Dowd 
<laughs> so based uh, arbiter, maybe I could I could get him involved, and then Cru- Cruz and company yeah. probably will be retired by then, and we could talk about all the big decisions, maybe. Wow, that, that <laughs> sounds like a winner. Oh, I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, well, it, it, it does sound like a winner. That doesn't it? yeah, we'll have a studio audience, get bands in, It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Okay, Steve, we will catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Well, here we are at the temporary pop-up little FIFA museum, Andy. Yeah, excellent. I was lucky enough to come last week, and it really is sensational. You come in, there are all 32 shirts from uh, the teams taking part in the World Cup. Uh, then there's a kind of interactive thing here. You are the ref, yeah. which uh, I'm sure Paul Trevelyan would love. And uh, we're about to walk up the stairs now, where it features every single ball used in every single World Cup. Fantastic. We all chose our favourite kits. Every single ball in every single World Cup. Sounds right, yeah, yeah. So we've got every ball from every tournament. I still maintain nothing touches uh, 1970 in Mexico. That was the first of the sort of polka dot type tango balls, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah, it's... uh, it's amazing how they evolve over the times. I like the Jibalani. I'm surprised they had to nail it to the wall to stop it blowing away. Which one was that? Was that for 2010? <laughs> 2010. Let's ask our producer, John, what's your favourite ball? Can you tell? I mean, what's your favourite ball? So we just see an image of the original World Cup stadium in Montevideo in Uruguay, and you've been there. I have been there, and honestly, they haven't even painted it since 1930. Really? It's true. It's the most run-down stadium in the entire universe. Same thing exactly, a huge bowl, nothing's changed, but it was where it all started. Wow, so it doesn't look any different at all? Not at all. Wow. So what have you just discovered? The, uh, the manager of the Italian side in 1934 was also a journalist and he even filed his own match report after winning the World Cup. <laughs> That's fantastic. Imagine that now. Although, who's got Gareth? Gareth's dad was a journalist, wasn't he? Yeah, but he's not going to be writing a match report during the game. It seems unlikely. Now, we've uh, found one of the AirTech shirts from uh, Mexico 70. It was so hot in Mexico that the technology had moved on to a point where they could produce these very thin uh, shirts with kind of small holes in I think it's still Toffs do a replica of that old England shirt from 70. I don't know if it's got the Airtex holes in it. I remember the late Brian LeBone. Because you saw the original. He brought yeah, it along. Yeah, he brought it along from the flames, telling me it? about it and showed me this shirt that was exactly... This is a Lechescu from Romania, but it's the same design, sort of... It's like a tea bag, isn't it? <laughs> Basically, yes. This next exhibit is fascinating. It's a replica of the Jules Rimet trophy, but the base is the original base. It was found many years later. Let's have a look. It's made out of blue lapis lazuli. It's the one they used in 1930. And it was discovered in, 19, in two, 2014. Yeah. 2014, the original base was found, and they've restored it to here. Wow. It's a tiny trophy, isn't it? That's the thing you notice about it, the Jure-Made trophy. It was quite small. I don't know how Pickles found it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can get that in a dog's mouth. Easily, that's the thing. You think of the Champions League. If they lost the Champions League, try and get that in a dog's mouth. Pickles would never have found it. Pickles would have had no chance. He would have sort of played with it from his paw and then wandered off. He would not have picked it up. I'm watching an old film now, sorry, of the 1954 World Cup. And there's some very... That was going for his gun then, that security guard. Some people ran on the pitch. It's the World Cup where the Korean, North Korean captain wore glasses. You don't see a yeah. lot of players with glasses. No, you days. don't. You certainly don't. What's the pity, I say? There's the Stanley Rouse there, the uh, 
head of FIFA at the time. Yeah. And uh, this was Germany-Hungary, and really this was the final, a bit like the Dutch in the 70s. Hungarians were the greatest team that never won the, the World Cup, yeah, weren't they? Right. That's true. So, Pushkas, I like Pushkas, he's a bit like me, he's got a bit of a derby on Yeah, him. even then he had a little bit of a belly on him. Fantastic. Good left foot, though. It's very good footage. We had Arthur Askey in the crowd earlier on for the one for the teenagers. Bloke with a sort of plastic bag on his head. <laughs> typical, typical Germany, wasn't it? They found a way to get it done against the best team in the world. Much like he did against Holland in '74. Football was it? The producer just said football was rubbish back then. Yeah. Fantastic. Very poor attitude. <laughs> happened upon the 1950 World Cup shirt that uh, Brazil wore uh, when it was in Brazil and they were expected to win it and they lost of course to Uruguay and unlike in today, the final. It's not the yellow and, and green that you're familiar with now, it's a white shirt with a blue collar, it was considered unlucky wasn't it after this? Do you know how they arrived at a new shirt for the next yeah, World I Cup? I do but you'll remind me. It's a competition, yeah. it was a competition amongst uh, just punters and they asked people in, in Brazil just to come up with a new shirt and uh, this it was a guy, who was, was a graphic designer and he came up with the idea of the yellow and green. So uh, it was it was like a people's competition. And they never looked back. And they never looked back. Another pair of boots there. Pele. From Pele's boots. Pele's boots. God, didn't he have small feet? Yeah, how can he be really? He's so, about size seven. How can he be so brilliant in those hobnail boots? Yeah, they are. They do look like you should be. I mean, what, they, they, they do look like something you'd kind of wear clog dancing, don't they? <laughs> now, we've come across a Brazilian uh, tracksuit top from uh, 1962 in Chile. And it's safe to say it's not Airtex. It's basically a woolly jumper, isn't it? It's thick wool, but actually, to be fair, the World Cup of that year was in Chile, and it was uh, winter time in Chile, so I suppose that is why it was so thick. Yeah. I was thinking, imagine wearing that on a hot day. Well, if people produce those now, somebody decided to start knocking those out, I reckon they'd sell, wouldn't It'd be you? a real winner, yeah, that yeah. We'll take that back end. We'll put that to our business partners, <laughs> only if we had some. <laughs> They've got some fantastic stuff in here. We've come across an original boot worn by one of the Hungarian players in the 54 World Cup final. Zoltan Chibor. I mean, honestly, imagine trying to play football in those. Yeah. And right next to it is an incredibly iconic Soviet red shirt, very similar to the one that we all know Lev Yashin wore, yeah. with CCCP on it. And, uh, still, I, th I still think the old Yashin black shirt is still a very big seller for tops amongst all the yeah, replica yeah. shirts all that's, these years on. We've come across the uh, FIFA ID of a fairly infamous referee from the 1966 World Cup, uh, uh, Rudolf Kreitlein. He, is the, uh, he was a German referee. Why is he infamous, Andy? Because he refereed the uh, game between England and Argentina. It was a quarter-final, wasn't it, where he sent off Rattan. Yeah. And, uh, was, I think, Hurst got the winner. And uh, and, and Sir Alf wouldn't let him swap shirts. No. So he and came he called them animals after he, the game. Remember, they all surrounded him, so yeah, it was an yeah, incredible yeah. moment. But, uh, and World Cup, Willie. Good to see him here. Fantastic. We've had an incident here with our producer, John Cadigan. What did you do, John? I put my hand on a piece of... What is, what is it? Plastic? Display cabinet, Just a yeah. display cabinet and got severely reprimanded. <laughs> did you really? I didn't grab the 1966 ball. <laughs> <laughs> so you maintain you did nothing wrong? No. Oh, yeah, we'll you... find that. We're going to get kicked out. <laughs> Typical Torquay fans kicking off, ruining it for everybody else. Oh, 
Hawks Manny Jacobs live from Moscow. We'll hand over to Danny another King bit with David Priest. <laughs> yeah, have you got more David Priest material? I'm sure he's, yeah. yeah, I haven't. Anyway, um, here doing a little bit of work in a mm. role with uh, Russia today. Someone, a familiar voice on Talk Sport, worked with us before she uh, headed back to Russia. Kate Partridge. Hi, Kate. Hello, guys. Lovely to be here Good again. Good to yes. see you. Oh, we, we're going to join, Kate's yeah. going to join in with our chat with the moose. Yeah, the, mo the moose is, uh, is standing by as well. He knows Kate, of course, former colleague. Hi, moose. Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're good, thank you. So, um, what have you been up to? We set you a challenge. What did you get up to? You, you asked me to go to this um, the garage, which is uh, not, not, not anywhere you get car fixed, but it's a, an art gallery in Gorky Park, partly mm -hmm. uh, funded by Roman Abramovich. And um, I, I kind of thought his wife had some art, some art there as well, but I wasn't sure because, I mean, people there don't speak very limited English. In fact, it was, right. I was barely able to How get in, they? let alone uh, actually find out what was in the exhibition. Anyway, Andy, Andy thought there was a really terrific uh, exhibition by, I think it was a German football fan, Andy, is that right? Oh, famous photographer, Jürgen Teller. Yeah. Let me tell you, if that's his work, I'm, I, I'm, I'm hanging up my <laughs> microphone as of now, and I, <laughs> with my photos from this World Cup, I'm going to open an exhibition that's going to blow this city's mind off. It was so woeful. I mean, it was, really? it was woeful. It was pathetic. You walk in, and there, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting some great pictures, some pictures of yeah. German football history down the years. That are absolutely, I'm going to go, wow. I'm go I've got my camera ready. My camera phone is at the row. I've only got 30%. I'm hoping it's going to be enough. I'll yeah. tell you what, if my camera phone had 1%, it would, it would still have been more than enough by 1%. You walk in, so on the wall, right, it's a great big, huge wall, 30 foot high, yeah. barely six by four the amount of pictures. I mean, I thought the Mona Lisa was small. I needed a magnifying glass to see these pictures, right? Is is For the whole of this wall of about 15 foot, 20 foot, is just pictures of him as a kid with his dad watching a Germany game where he's upset or he's celebrating. Whoopee! Yeah. Hang on a minute, I'm going to get some picture when I was a kid watching the game, shall I? I thought, I thought it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Don't worry, it's going to get... I turn around, the, the next bit, there's, there's a picture of a man. This is about 20 foot high, by the way, this picture, this, this, this photo, of a man with yep. beard dripping down his face. He's poured beer all over him. What's, <laughs> sorry, what's that got to do with football? Hang on a minute. I'm going to go and and pour beer down my... Hang on, no, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm thinking, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. There's one more, there's one more turning of this of this amazing exhibition to go. Oh, by yeah. the way, with, with, the, with the one where the beer is being poured down his face, there's also an exhibit, an exhibit you can actually what, look at and touch of empty glass. Oh my God, wow. an empty glass. What, what has the world come to when art is an empty glass? Anyway, so I've turned around this last corner. I'm thinking, I'm disappointed so far, but this is where it gets better. And there's pictures of like Tony Cruz in his suit. And Thomas Muller posing in his suit. And Leroy Sane, who's not even here at the World Cup, posing in his suit. And Joachim <laughs> Muller wow. at a press conference. Hang on a minute. I can do all that. I've got these pictures on my phone here and now. This, this, Ma this Moose, I've seen all the pictures you've been sending. It's you with a succession. Calm, calm down, it's you with a succession of blonde <laughs> football fans with your arms <laughs> round them. This, That's not an exhibition. Yeah, where Jürgen went wrong. It, Moose, where Jürgen went wrong is he didn't well, do yeah. enough photos of me and my very good friend, whoever it is. <laughs> yeah, that's no, right. That's no, I, I, I thought the, I thought the anyway. chocolate museum, right, was, was, was woeful and poor. <laughs> I, I was about to say to people, don't I'll bother going there. Well, you're not letting us get a word in edgeways here. Russia, go to... <laughs> Sorry? 
Yeah, calm down. <laughs> Sorry. Because we, we know that you've an had, angry call. I know you, <laughs> you've had it. Kate wants to tell you about because we want you to have a bath. Nothing, yeah. nothing personal. <laughs> no, but I mean, as a challenge, Sorry, not, just, not, not that. just generally. Kate, tell Ian about the bath, the famous bath. Right scene. then, Moose, let's set you another challenge then. I gather that you uh, weren't too impressed with the Russian chocolate. I'm not too sure where you went, but it didn't sound like you went to the chocolate factory, but never mind. But the one thing that you really must do is, uh, when in Russia, you must go to the banya, because that's like the Russian bath. So it's, a, it's like a really, really posh sauna, but a lot better, because you can have treatments and massage, and there's a, there's a plunge pool, and there's also where you can be beaten with the, uh, with the sticks as well, yeah. sort right. of. The, the, the Oakleys so they can make you feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make you feel a lot better. Jurgen Teller will be there beating you with sticks. Probably. I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't Gosh. mind. Kate. I don't, by the way, by the way, this, this comes from the young lady who, who wants me, who's desperate for me to try Russian dumplings ravioli. But you know, anyway, there we go. Yeah, um, yeah right, they're very tasty, Moose. Very tasty. Yeah. Well, there you go, Moose. But, but hang on, hang on. But I am very ticklish. So, I mean, I'm not sure that, that that's, oh, that's I don't really think that's, that's set out to tickle you, Moose. I think if he does that to... laugh, they're going to chuck him out. <laughs> echoing round, echoing round the, oh. That's the one. Yeah. You can't have that echoing no, round the sauna, can you? But they could also do uh, a mud wrap for you, Moose. What they do is they cover you in mud and then wrap you in cling film and loads right. of towels to sweat out all your impurities. Moose, that's your next challenge. We're going to leave it there because we're going to ask Kate a couple of questions before because we're nearly out yeah, of time. Thank you very much, Ian. Yeah, Thanks, Moose. We'll catch up with him tomorrow. Uh, Kate, I'm sure you've been speaking to uh, your Russian colleagues at Russia today. What, what are they making of the World Cup? And I'm sure you've been reporting back to them that people have been really enjoying it, very yeah. pleasantly surprised. It's very different from their expectations, not just people from the UK, but from all from over everywhere. the world. Yeah, yeah. So what are they making of that? Uh, everybody's loving it. I think it's also, they probably feel... The Russians feel a bit vindicated because it's a bit. It's one of those situations where you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. We're always saying because I've lived in Russia from 2009 to 2014 and then back in the UK for three years and come back again and predominantly looking at the World Cup. I did the World Cup announcement and we were thinking, great, this is going to be fantastic. People will say if you work for RT, well, obviously you're going to say that Russia is fantastic because that's almost like you've been paid to do that. Mm. But the whole point was I wouldn't have stayed here and lived here for so many years if I didn't think it was a great place to live and work in. And I always loved it. And we were really looking forward to it. And I think it's exceeded everybody's expectations. A lot of that down to the fact the Russian team did so well and started so well because mm. even the, the kind of sceptical fans, because Russia had had such a really bad mm. build-up, they hadn't had obviously any competitive games there any friendlies they'd had were really kind of mixed and weird and wonderful or pretty bad but of course two great games the whole country's lifted wherever you go anywhere everybody's happy I mean they're naturally more poker-faced and reserved as you probably found out yeah. sort of cold face warm heart kind of people mm. but yeah no they've really got into it we knew it would be a great World Cup because we've seen the planning over so many years we've seen the massive boost to the infrastructure how the place has been remodeled repainted rebuilt so yeah, yeah so we'd anticipate a great World Cup, but nobody could have anticipated how good the football was, which has really added to it. No, absolutely. You were saying that last night. This is shaping up to be a really fantastic World Cup football. Let's hope this next stage can live up to this first stage. We've seen some brilliant matches. I think we? there's one Turkey, wasn't there? Really, which was France Denmark. Yeah. I no, mean, there's only one Turkey. <laughs> yeah, we know. It's that. Tinsel, the Tinsel. Turkey. Tinsel That's right. the Turkey. That's yeah. the boy. Brilliant. Kalishnikov, Kalashnikov. Anyway, um, that was this afternoon's show. Uh, so, yeah, we're off. Back off to the airport. We're getting used to airport food now, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Good old Aeroflot. I do like their rolls. <laughs> I don't. No, Andy won't eat anything <laughs> on a plane. Um, but we're live from Kaliningrad. More top guests joining us ahead of England's final group game against Belgium. Until then, thanks for downloading us. We'll catch up with you soon.
hay que ganar, yeah, dice el primero. Esa hinchada loca deja todo por la copa. La que tiene a Messi Maradona. And then it just stopped again. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.